Der Fußball ist zurück in der zweiten Liga. Rechte Neckfahne mit dem linken Fuß. Bringt den Ball auf den zweiten Pfosten. Tische! Tor! 1 zu 0 für den VfL Bochum. Da draußen ist der Ball frei. Und jetzt ist er drin. Jetzt ist er drin. Und hier ist Botzen, macht das Tor. Trist ist wieder da. Größer ist da. Für Rausch. Der setzt an zur Flanke. Da kommt der Ball. Tor, 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 Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, and welcome to the Zweite Bundesliga podcast with me, Johnny Walsh. Once again, I am joined by Matthew Karagic. Matthew, how are you doing today? Very good. Um, had a kick about. Uh, just a couple of hours ago with some of the lads pulled off some pretty good saves so ready to rumble now sounds much more active than i've been this morning anyway um it's been a very busy week once again as it normally is in the world of zweite bundesliga and um i have been in germany of course myself i have met rorik gislason so i believe that is life accomplished for quite a few people uh, not for me i still haven't met Simon Terada, so that's the weekly Simon Terada mention in nice and early. Um, Matthew, you've been uh, more on top of the Bundesliga this week uh, than I have anyway. Um, what's it been like? Can you give us a quick preview before we get into things? Um, there's been some really good games, some good football. Um, goals on the counter-attack has been a bit of a theme throughout. Um, and yeah, it's it's been... Some very good action heading into the cup weekend. Sounds absolutely brilliant. Uh, this week, uh, of course, we have our topic of the week that will feature Union Berlin. Um, we'll announce who won our goal of the week poll. We'll give you plenty of discussion in everything match day two. Uh, there will also be a short DFB Pokal preview. And in the midst of all that, we will speak to Danny Afurtfan, who uh, was very kind to give us 10 minutes of his time to talk about his club and how he thinks they'll do this season. But before we get into anything Greuterfurt, we asked you about Union Berlin. They have four points from their first two games. It's been a very, very bright start. And even though it has only been those two games, Urs Fischer has made a very solid start to his tenure as head coach with Union of course, Sebastian Anderson is leading the line at the moment. He's been playing very well. And they also have Sebastian Polter still to return. There's quite a bit of depth in that squad this year. And we wanted to know whether or not you think they can get promoted this year. 25% of you said promotion should be the goal. Uh, 55% of you said playoffs will be the top achievement for them this season. And 20% of you said mid-table once more. Matthew, um, 80% of uh, the people who voted think Union are in for a top three finish. Um, do you see it the same way? Not exactly. Um, if they do finish third, it would be an unbelievable achievement. I mean, though, that bracket who thinks they're probably in that mid-table, you know, maybe fourth to tenth. I mean, it's very tight between um, you know, a bunch of clubs, and, and I think that's where they'll end up. It's um, certainly going to be a hotly contested promotion race this year and uh, quite a few Union fans have actually said 4th uh, to 10th is where they think they'll finish. Um, X Voschel on Twitter says both games could have easily gone the other way considering the other teams out there 
I'd say it's somewhere between fourth and tenth, just like you, Matthew. Um, uh, John K. Painting, uh, as an Union fan, I think promotion Dark Horse is probably the best way to put it. Hard to see them cracking the top two, even when allowing for blind optimism, to which Sunteran replied, uh, the Bundesliga will be very tight. You'd expect Köln and Hamburg to... Um, to get promoted, uh, but they could easily suffer from a culture shock of being inside the Bundesliga. Uh, his gut feeling, though, is that Union will finish in the top five. Um, should be three down from Bundesliga and uh, four teams play off from inside the Bundesliga for the third promotion place, as in England. He uh, is, of course, saying that uh, we should change how the uh, promotion structure is. I would quite like that as well. I think. Zweite Bundesliga playoffs could uh, only add to the league. Um, Fred de Haunt, um says, just a fun and no-stress season with last-minute winning goals and uh, unexpected still-deserved points away against the big teams looks fine to me. But for the most part, is uh, what he wants to see anyway is to actually see them live once in a while. Uh, Daniel, a Hamburg fan, uh, I agree with you, Jonathan. Uh, Köln and Haas Fall should be the top two teams, but I would really like to see Union advance through the playoffs. And Albert, um, he finally says, I'd love to see them promoted, but they lack the late season push. Hope to be wrong about this. Um, Matthew, that was one of their issues last year. They do have a bit more depth this year. Is it a case of, is the depth good enough? Or is it more a case of, can they maintain that early season push that um, we've seen them sort of sustain during that um run a couple of years ago where they managed to hit the top of the tree and fell fell short unfortunately for them they were very unlucky not to even finish in the promotion playoff place it's uh it's a tough year but they have actually coped quite well with um some of the injuries that they came into the season with already yeah it's a bit of both though i mean you know having that depth is really important and you look at the best teams in the league you know they've got a lot of players that they can account on account for if um you know injuries and whatnot um hinder the side and and, and the new signing so far look to have made a really good impact i mean manuel schmiedeback is starting um in ahead of uh, felix cross and um and ken reichel obviously slots straight into the left back role and 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 as we've said we've covered before sebastian anderson is a is a very good striker and um, you know, for him to open his account the way he did in a very tricky uh, place like Köln um, is very important. And, and I think yeah, it's it's all about keeping momentum and and um, you know, as long as the players can can stay healthy and um, maintain their output, then it's not inconceivable that they can uh, make a promotional push. I think when you do go through the squad player by player, there is definite. Um strength in depth of course Mark Torrejon is um, still out injured uh, Florian Hubner was back on the bench um, well he was on the bench for the first time on Monday evening so defensive reinforcements coming back but I have to say Marvin Friedrich and uh, Mikhail Paranson did play very very well Ken Reichel came off after about 70 minutes and that allowed Christopher Lenz on I really really rate him uh, I think he's a very very good player um, Rioson, we haven't seen anything of him yet. Of course, the new signing from Norway. There's been debate in midfield whether Felix Kroos should uh, get the nod over the likes of Grisha Plummel or Marcel Hartl, but uh, Urs Fischer does seem pretty set with those guys. And then, of course, out wide, you have Joshua Mies, Simon Hedlund, Kenny Prince Redondo, um, Akaki Kokoya. Um, 
plenty of uh, competition for places there. No real set, uh, you know, outright starters, especially in the wings. I think there's going to be quite a bit of change there before um, Urs Fischer uh, sets his sights on uh, those two spots. Um, I, I personally, I would be opting for Hedlund and Redondo um, as he did on Monday night. I think that worked quite well. Um, Matthew, would you be inclined to change that up? No, I quite agree with you. Actually, those two um, put in a very good shift out wide, and and um, we saw with Redondo at the end of last season, he um, put a, a few games together and and really hit form. So, yeah, I, I think it, it's it would make sense for the moment for Urs Fischer to keep it as it is out wide, and and um, unless he sees something different based on who they play later on to make change, then then make change based on the tactical basis, but otherwise keep those two as it is. I would be inclined to agree. I think it's um, it's going to be a season where we have plenty of sides in the running for that um, that promotion place, and it's going to be a tough one to see who comes out on top. But uh, nevertheless, it'll be very, very interesting. Union, of course, uh, did fall, as I've already said, just short a couple of years ago. Do you think they'll have learned from that experience, Matthew? Obviously, quite a few of the players have moved on since then. We'd hope so. I mean, that's uh, the beauty of life is learning from your mistakes and learning from the past. And, you know, some of the, the players that are still there from that promotional push would, would understand the situation. But also those who they've brought in, you know, they understand the situation that they're in. This club, Union, believes that they're a top-tier side um, in, in the Swider Liga. And, and um, yeah, I, I you know, there, there's hope that they can go up. But... Um, it's just whether they can weather the storm when it hits, which it may um, inevitably. So um, we'll see. We'll have to wait and see with them. Um, but they've got they've got the pieces. They have the pieces to to go far this season. I think probably the most promising thing about Union so far is um, their transfer business. They haven't really gone for young and inexperienced players. Not that that's really been their tactic in the transfer market before. But you look at Gikovic, you look at Schmiedebach, you you know you take uh, Ken Leichel as well, uh, Florian Hubner of course, um, and others. Uh, on top of that, they have gone for more experienced players who have been in Zweite Bundesliga before, and then added to that with you know Sebastian Anderson, who was one of the best strikers in the league so uh, last season anyway. Um, when it comes down to it, do you think that Fisher might be tempted to move away from his four-two-three-one, four-three-three formation and maybe give Poulter and uh, Anderson the start together, or would you think it's uh, system over personnel? Yeah, that, that's that's a great question, and um, I guess when when Poulter becomes available, um, we will see what he does. Um, I, I guess it will come down to form. I think if Anderson is is performing well, I think it'll be system over personnel, um, and, and and being that like all sports, it's a result driven sort of situation. And um, if Anderson's not getting it done, he might go for Poulter. But if he feels the team's lacking that attacking edge, then he may go for two. But I expect um, it'll be the one striker for the moment. And uh, that one striker did very very well. On Monday evening, not too much service, but uh, when the chance came, he most certainly took it. And uh, Sebastian Anderson was indeed the winner of our goal of the week poll. Uh, Richie Neudecker was in there, uh, Silveri Gamvula, 
uh, his goal for Bochum. Uh, Christian Clemens, uh, a fine strike in the same game as Sebastian Anderson, but uh, you have all decided that uh, that wonderful counter-attack that gave Union a share of the spoils in Berlin was very much worth uh, the nomination for goal of the week. Matthew, would uh, you be in agreement with that? Do you think uh, Anderson's goal was uh, the pick of the bunch this week? Yeah, as a thing of beauty, he does well to get to the near post, beats Timo Horn, and um, it's quality finish as well. So, yeah, had, had everything. Great counter, good ball in, and great finish. I um, I still haven't seen Ganvula's goal properly yet. Um, someone was talking to me about hurling and Gaelic football at the time, so um, that was one of the wonderful things about my weekend that I didn't actually manage to see uh, the two goals that uh, Bochum scored. But nevertheless, it is time to get into things and get into our match day two review. And we will begin that roundup of our Svita Bundesliga match day two games with the group one section that we had outlined last week. So that involves Köln against Union, St. Pauli against Darmstadt and Duisburg against VfL Bochum. We will start in Köln, uh, the Monday night fixture, sold out 50,000 fans there. An incredible effort from uh, the home fans, but also uh, those traveling from Berlin It. uh it's a long journey, and I know uh, Daniel Rosbach, um, one of the, the guys that uh, writes about Union, he was getting the first train back uh, to Berlin at, uh, I think it was half past four in the morning. So uh, credit to him and all the other Unionas for uh, making what was a very long trip, but they were indeed rewarded, uh, we must say as well. Uh, really ugly scenes with the Union fans getting attacked after the game. That's not what we want to see after what was a uh, very peaceful and a very entertaining encounter otherwise. Matthew, um, I was uh, standing with the Köln fans while uh, all of the uh, action was going on. So uh, at times I did have a flag in my face. But nevertheless, it was a a very entertaining game. Uh, What did you make of it? Yeah, entertaining it was. It was a good contest. And and both sides really... um you know, showed a lot of endeavour to get the three points. And, um, you know, I think ultimately the result was probably fair. Um, you know, Union really dug in in that second half. And, and once they once they fell behind to that Christian Clemens um, rocket um, rocket goal up the near post, um, they, they dug in and fair, fair play to them. They, uh, throughout the second half, they really looked like they were going to get that equaliser. And sure enough, um, they did. Yeah, and uh, I would say deservedly so. They um, they you know took their time about things. They went about things in the right way. I did think that um, they were slightly fortunate um, to get that equaliser in the manner that they did. Definitely not disputing the fact that they scored, but more so uh, a somewhat debatable build-up. Um, it was a foul on Nicholas Hopman. I think uh, most fans would agree with that. Um, it was missed, and Union took their chance. There's no doubt about that. Um, Matthew, it wasn't the greatest performance in the world from Köln. Uh, they moved the ball quite slowly, much to the frustration of a lot of the home fans. It reminded me a little bit about ha- Haas foul. Um, I don't know if you thought the same. Yeah, I, and that's that's a big problem, you know. You want to, I think, when you play, you want to move the ball quickly. Um, you know, build the space out wide, and and that when you build up slowly, you give 
um, the, the defense plenty of time to to set up whether they're going zone or whatnot. And um, yeah, I can understand the, the frustration of the Kern fans. And, um, and actually, when they went behind, I thought I thought they looked pretty rattled. And 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 you know, Union were almost preparing to to assault for a victory. Um, so so plenty of things for for Marcus Anfang to to consider. Um, Especially for the next league game coming up, they will they need to move the ball faster. It's um, against some of these teams in the Spider League, uh, they're going to park the bus, and if you move the ball slowly, um, you're just playing into their hands. Yeah, I think um, for every team in the league, um, apart from when they both play each other, Köln has foul are everyone's cup final, be it home or away. And uh, they are going to have to battle through uh, deep defences. But there was space out wide had the ball been played faster. And I think it was uh, reassuring from, you know, at least if you are a Köln fan, that uh, Lasse Sobiech was very quick to pick up on that in his post-match analysis. And uh, hopefully uh, this weekend in the Pokal, we will see them move the ball a bit quicker and have a little bit more success. Uh, Matthew, we've we've spoken about Union already it wasn't the greatest result for Köln to start the season off at home. I still don't think they'll have any problems getting promoted, do you? No, not at all. I think they'll probably still win the league. Um, you know, every every team's going to have that fork in the road. And, you know, despite the performance, I guess the main thing is they didn't lose. They didn't drop the three points. So, I mean, I guess that's the only positive you can really take out of what was pretty disappointing that they couldn't put the game away when they had the chance. I would agree entirely with that. And uh, they did have the chances to do that. Jonas Hector hit the bar. It just wasn't meant to be at the end of the day. Um, Moving on from Köln, we go to top of the table. Uh, The only side left in the entire division. We've only played two weeks. And uh, only one team has a 100% record uh, intact after both of those matches. That is FC St. Pauli. a wonderful welcome for them uh, at home to the Milan Tour. And uh, they duly rewarded their fans for their fantastic support. Uh, Richie Neudecker and Christopher Buchtmann both on the score sheet. Um, Matthew, there's not much to say about this one other than it was a very well-deserved win. Agreed. And and, and you mentioned, you touched on Neudecker and he was easily the man of the match. He, he put it together out wide and... I think his inclusion was a very good one from the start from Marcus Kalczynski and he was he was dangerous whether he was playing on the left and the right and um, yeah he was well worth his goal and then you know he assisted uh, Christopher Buchtmann for the for the uh, the sealer so he was he was fantastic and St Pauli um, you know they really controlled the game for the vast majority and and well worth the three points. I thought across the board um, you couldn't really pick out um, a man of the match from it. I thought Neudecker of course had a um, had a very good game uh, but for me as much as Marvin Knoll and a couple of the defenders did play very well uh, I thought Mats Muller daily was absolutely superb I thought the way he ran at uh, either Sirigu or Holland uh, was very very enterprising and uh, how he set up uh, Neudecker's goal was absolutely magnificent it was something we'd see from Messi never mind Muller daily um, he's an excellent player on his day how good can he be when he stays fit? Yeah, 
it can be magnificent, and he can be exactly what St. Pauli need um, if if uh, Kalchinski decides to stick with Neudecker and Mats Molodaly out wide. They both showed what they're capable of, and if you're a St. Pauli fan, that's that's really exciting. The question is, as you say, can they keep it up? Uh, can they build these performances consistently? Um, you know, even though Molodaly didn't get on the score sheet or have an assist, he was, as you said, very very dangerous, and you know he's he's um. You know, he set up that first goal, which, you know, if you look at from the Darmstadt point of view, I mean, Holland's got to close in a lot. You know, he's got to close the space and not allow that cross in. But, yeah, it's, they, you know, how they can maintain form will show you how far St. Pauli will go throughout the season. Yeah, consistency will certainly be key. Uh, Darmstadt certainly weren't consistent after a promising opening day win against St. Pauli. I thought Tobias Kempo was very, very poor. Uh, Marcel Heller uh, wasn't much better and uh, speaking to a Darmstadt fan, Mike, uh, during the game, uh, thank you Mike for my ticket by the way, um, he, um, he he wasn't happy that um, Marcel Melum had uh, been benched to, to bring Heller into the side, of course, you know, it's Marcel Heller, uh, He's a hero in Darmstadt for for what he managed to do in that uh, those promotion seasons. Do you think it was the right decision to drop Melum or you know Marcel Heller's Marcel Heller? He has to play almost. Oh, see, I would have been tempted to bring him off the bench. I would have stayed with Melum. Um, you know, I would have probably named an unchanged side. And and if Melum or, or um, Jones on the left wasn't getting it done, then perhaps at half time you'd make the change. I'm not sure how much preseason Hell has had um, in general. So I think, um, yeah, I think um, Dirk Schuster got it wrong. Yeah, I think um, it's one of those ones where Dirk Schuster football is Dirk Schuster football. Uh, that's another thing Mike said as well, which I thought was very, very appropriate. When it works, it works. When it doesn't, it doesn't, and uh, unfortunately for them, this was one of the ones where it didn't work out at all. Um, Darmstadt were quite lax defensively, Matthew, as well. You've highlighted uh, the the first goal anyway. You could probably say the same for the second as well. Um, just not marking the back post. Yeah, or marking in general. They were they were caught ball watching, and um, you know the first goal. Neudecker has a ton of space on the back post. I think there's there's three Darmstadt defenders, and they're all ball watching. And the second one, uh, Neudecker getting in behind the defence, riding the byline, and and once again, you know Sulu and and, and Franka weren't marking any anyone in particular, and and, and Bookman, you know, made a, an intelligent run to the back post. Totally unmarked and, and and a really easy goal and that's that's something Darmstadt will have to look at if they're going to play the zone they're going to have to um, be accountable of the space they're guarding because you can't let you can't let you know strong attacking minds um, get into wide open spaces and, and you know have easy shots on goal. That is very true and uh, both sides have been busy in the transfer window uh, this week. Uh, St. Pauli signed Hank Vierman from Heerenveen. Um, that's a, a big deal for Big Hank, um, who I hope and pray he will uh, affectionately be known by soon. Uh, Tim Reader, of course, joined Darmstadt on loan from Augsburg as we finished recording last week. And uh, uh, a couple of players have headed out of the club. Uh, Patrick Bangard uh, and Joel Mal have both headed to uh, Paphos FC. Artur Sobiech has gone back to Poland. Um, 
no real big moves there and uh, nothing that uh, should draw our focus. Um, Tim Hanwerker, um we forgot to mention, has uh, been loaned out by Köln and joined uh, Groningen uh, on loan for the season. An interesting one. Uh, I thought he might get the nod ahead of uh, Johanna, or Jana's horn uh, at left back, but uh, it looks like that won't be. And uh, hopefully, that's another thing we forgot to say, uh, Jonas Hector will play left-back. After all, he is Germany's left-back as well. Um, moving on from Darmstadt, St. Pauli, Köln and Union, we go to our final Group 1 game, which was a, an away win for VfL Bochum. They managed to get past uh, MSV Duisburg with a 2-0 win. Uh, all the action happened in the second half, really. Not very much happened in the first, but uh, nevertheless, Matthew, Bochum got the job done. Yeah, and they were well worth it. You know, they were clinical in front of goal, and and uh, they were. The, I think the most important thing for them is they were very compact defensively, and um, you know the back four did a fantastic job in nullifying uh, clear cut chances for Duisburg, and and overall, I think Robin Dutt would be absolutely thrilled with the result. You know, they get the first one of the season, and um, off and running for for Valfell. Yeah, it was um, it was interesting being there it was a very 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 frustrating first half plenty of chances to counter and break none of them really taken but um, when it came to the second half and when it came down to it uh, things just clicked um, bringing Ganvula off the bench for Pantovic was a masterstroke going 4-4-2 worked very very well um, Sydney Sam it was great for him to get his first goal for Fafel Bohem uh, same with Ganvula of course as well uh, but then again, uh, it was disappointment for Sydney Sam as well. Um, he was given a uh, straight red card and a subsequent three-match ban. That's now been confirmed by the DFB um, for lashing out at uh, Kevin Volta. Matthew's just got to be smarter than that, hasn't he? He does. Um, <laughs> uh, it's always the... Uh, well, Volta instigated, and um, as is always the case, it's the one who retaliates, is the one who, get, who gets the harsher crime, and um, yeah, frustrating because he's been you know pretty solid in the first two matches and looks to be a very pivotal part of the uh, the Borkham uh, lineup. So it's it's a, it's a very bad penalty to take for him to miss the next three games. Yeah, it's um it's a real shame, but thankfully for once um in wide areas, it's one area where Borkham are actually fairly well covered, and uh, that opens the door now for the likes of Tom Violent to um, impress in the next couple of games and. Uh, lay down a, a marker for Sydney Sam to try and hit once he returns um, Duisburg uh, on the other hand we've talked quite positively, positively if I could speak about Bochum and uh, less so about Duisburg it's been a really really tough start to the season for them yeah no goals uh, three conceded um, yeah they got some real problems in the final third they just can't create good chances and, and then you know, the chances they're taking are just not very high quality. And, yeah, I think they've got plenty to think about and perhaps they might mix it up um, up top. You know, they they subbed both. Well, they subbed Tashi and I think Ulyachenko came off and they put on Sakuta Paso and, and Bohok and, and maybe perhaps in the next game they might start either either and, and, and see if they can create something going forward. Yeah, it's um, for... How optimistic we were about um, Duisburg at the start of the season. It hasn't really clicked so far. I think they were caught in two minds between four four two and five three two, 
uh, at the weekend as well, which didn't really help things. And uh, I think Ilya Gruev has uh, plenty of work to do um, with his Zebras side. There is uh, a cup game, of course, for them this weekend, and uh, it's a chance to get some form back. They're playing to Stassendorf, which um, won't be easy at all. They are the uh, top team in the Oberliga in Hamburg. I think they've actually decided um, over the last year or so not to get promoted due to the uh, financial uh, restrictions that uh, they would have to go through in uh, Regionalliga. So that certainly won't be an easy test and uh, it remains to be seen whether or not they'll get through that one. And from Group 1, we head to Group 2 with Armenia Bielefeld picking up a 2-1 win over Dynamo Dresden. Uh, Armenia maintain their unbeaten start to the season. They've hit the four-point mark already. Dynamo were unable to build on that 1-0 win over MSV Duisburg to start the season. Um, another good performance from Edmundsen. Uh, he has... Uh, Added to his uh, one goal tally, he's now made it two. He opened the scoring before he led on Fabian Close to make it 2-0. Uh, Dunamo hit back in the second half but weren't able to make much of it. Um, in the end, they only got what proved to be a late consolation goal through Eric Berko. Um Matthew, Armenia looked like they could be serious contenders this season. They do. Um, you know, we, we had an inkling about them. Um, being a, a potential playoff push, but we didn't. We probably didn't have them as highly rated as some of the other sides. But they've um, they've certainly showed through the first um, two match days that they're going to be a very solid side throughout. And um, yeah, I think they've they've got goals from some you know the new signing in Edmondson. You know, getting close on the board. And I think even though Vogel Sama hasn't hit his straps yet, uh, he's been in the build up in both goals and. And he's looked dangerous more as a as an assist person rather than a goal scorer. But yeah, they, they look very good. You know, solid defensively. They've obviously got one of the best goalkeepers in the league, getting Stefan Ortega. And yeah, they they like similar to Union. They've got the pieces uh, that can go far. It's a real shame that they will have to do without Cedric Brunner, though for at least two months he's torn his meniscus and. Uh, I think Armenia fans will be eagerly awaiting the news from uh, his native Switzerland as to whether or not he will need surgery and will be out for longer. Uh, Jonathan Klaus is currently on trial at the club. The 25-year-old um, currently plays in the French third tier. He would be available on a free signing, so uh, we'll keep you posted on that one, whether or not anything happens there. Um, as you said, uh, Matthew, uh, Vogelsammer still hasn't opened his account yet, but uh, it's very promising that he has been able to get into decent positions and tee up his teammates um, I, I really don't know where to put Armenia this season I think if they can have a really strong start with uh, that really really passionate home support um, this could be you know, a real shock season for them not in terms of it wouldn't be a shock if they managed to finish third but I think a few people would be surprised if they overtook the likes of Ingolstadt and Union to, to clinch that third spot I would agree. I mean, uh, looking at my preview uh, table, I had them finishing fifth. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, maybe they're one of the teams that we've underestimated, so to speak. And, you know, they've quietly gone about their business. Um, they were able to keep Vogel Summer away from Ingolstadt, despite them persisting extremely hard. And, and yeah, I, you know, it's a long season. We're, we're two match days in, so I guess we have to be you know, 
cautious, but they, they certainly do have uh, a good core group of players and, and, and the talent is there for them to, to go far. I think it says a lot that uh, Niels Seufert has uh, already came in and took Tom Schutz's place. I think he's been very, very solid in midfield. Uh, the only interesting thing that uh, will happen is uh, whether or not that right-back spot gets uh, a new face in uh, Klaus or Patrick Weirach, who has been played there before, will take up Cedric Bruno's position. Um, just a quick word on Dunamo, Matthew. Uh, it was very, very much a tale of two halves and at the end of the day. Um, what did you think of their performance? Do you think um, that first half was uh, just a flash in the pan with how bad it was and the second half is more what we're likely to see or is it more of a mix between the two? It might be a mix between the two, but I think Dresden fans will definitely hope it's more of the second half. They were much better. Um, they came out with a real attitude for the contestant. And, um, yeah, they they were very unlucky not to get that equaliser towards the end. Um, Harris Duljevic forced a really good save by uh, Stefan Ortega. And, and um, yeah, they, they could have easily sold on the point with how good they were in the second half. They forced Bielefeld on the back foot. And, um, yeah, I think they still have positives they can take out from the game, even though they didn't take any of the points. I would agree with you there. I think... Um... Nicolau and his late miss uh, that will be one that he rues for quite a while I'm not really sure how he managed to miss from uh, so close uh, to goal but uh, fair play to him for that anyway I find it quite funny um, moving on from Dunamo and that dreadful miss we head to Sandhausen where the game was sold out so credit to everyone who turned up there I was there as well um, it was a strange game so many mistakes that it was very close to being unwatchable in uh well it was it was watchable for the comedy but the quality was sorely sorely lacking unfortunately um hamburg and oral mangala got a start um obviously just signed on loan from vfb stuttgart uh, leo lacroix uh was on the bench he's joined also on loan from saint etienne uh mangala People were talking him up to be something special. I thought he had quite an ordinary game, but um, after how things went in midfield for Hamburg last week, um, this was an improvement. Uh, Matthew, how much can we actually take from this game? At the end of the day, quite a lot of the chances were driven by mistakes, actually. Yeah, it's 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 a weird one, I think. Besides the, uh, the corner, uh, the goal from um, Rick van Drongelen, I mean... Yeah, the the two goals for Naraya were pretty much spoon-fed to him by uh, distribution mistakes by a goalkeeper, Marcel Schuin. So, yeah, I didn't think Hamburg were particularly great, but, you know, they they feasted on the the, uh, the mistakes of Sandhausen, and, and that's kind of what you expect from them. Yeah, I thought um, it would have been nice for uh, Haasfall had Lusaga's header counted. Obviously, it was offside, but... Um, uh, it would have been good for him to get some confidence, but uh, Khalid Nahai, uh, a brace for him. He scored against Bayern last night in the friendly too. It's been a really good start for him. He also scored against Monaco in that friendly as well. He had chances against Kiel. He looks like he could be uh, their top scorer this season with how things are going. A good performance from Van Drongelen, as you said. Um, uh, Matthew, you have down here Kevin's Be- Kevin Bellens looked very solid, but you know, they weren't too bad going forward. Let's give Sandhausen some credit. They just didn't get any sort of breaks from uh, Pollers Beck's poor kicking. But um, this Sandhausen side just doesn't look like a Sandhausen side defensively. 
Oh, I look shot and um, change is going to have to happen. That's two games where they've conceded three goals apiece. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very unusual. Normally they are extremely compact, tight defensively. You know, yeah, they like to move the ball out from the back, but they just look all over the place. And, um, yeah, you know, they're a team that we probably expected to be that mid-table, potentially in that bottom six. And, and those two performances only build the pressure um, to where they might finish towards the end of the season. And, yeah, I think maybe they might go, they may try a back four for the next game, um, only to see if it can build some stability in defence because they, they don't have it at the moment. Yeah, it uh, wasn't a great day for all concerned with Sunhausen. And I think um, I was speaking to a few fans afterwards uh, after what they had done and uh, managed to sell out to have new fans coming in. Um, it wasn't the performance that uh, they were certainly looking to put in. And uh, as you've rightly pointed out, uh, Kinan Kochak's face after the third goal goes in is a picture in itself and sort of sums up their afternoon in general. An important win for Hamburg, an important first win for Haasfall, and uh, good for them to get off the mark. Uh, the final Group 2 game was, uh, unfortunately, the first nil-nil of the season. Uh, not too much to say about this one, unfortunately, although uh, I suppose the major talking point was a wrongly disallowed goal. Yeah, I mean, sorry. Bertram did really, really well to stay onside, but um, you know the uh, the linesman called it for offside, and you know I've got a picture in front of me, and he looks it looks pretty on. I mean, he's he's just in front of the just before the line. Um, yeah, that's really unlucky for Al, who probably out of the two teams looked the more likely to um, to hit the score sheet, and well, they did, but you know uh, he got called back, so potentially maybe VAR may have overruled that and given Al a, a deserved goal and, and in theory a deserved lead. Uh, Magdeborg uh, really struggled on the other hand to uh, get the better of a very stubborn hour defence um, they managed to score obviously last week at home, how important do you think home form is going to be for them this season? Yeah, very important um, Yeah, they, they, they didn't look very comfortable in the away setting and um, <clears throat> yeah, I think like uh, I liked a few teams in the league, it's going to, the home form may be enough to keep them up um, this season, so yeah, I think if you're Magdeburg, um, turning their their stadium into a fortress will be really important, and 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 potentially looking for solutions to why they were so poor um, in our and and rectifying that for their next away fixture. Um, you've spoken quite highly of our in our podcast notes this week. Um, do you think they can aim for higher than? Uh, avoiding relegation obviously that's what they're going to want to do but uh, do you think a mid-table finish could be on the cards for them they could surprise i mean i think uh you know they've made some okay signings i, I like the fact that they started um pascal Testrot. i mean i think he gives them a bit more of a dynamic look up front along with um soren bertram and and um yeah i think if they can maintain a solid defense they're going to stick with the back three it looks like under, under daniel meyer They've got good goalkeeping in Martin Mannell, or otherwise known as the Human Fly, um, and yeah, I, I think they could. You know, you know, they've they've brought some of the crew back in, like Jan Hoshide and um, Stephen Breitzkreutz. So yeah, I think they could. But um, yeah, I think if they can avoid relegation, that'll be enough for them. 
and uh, another side who will certainly be hoping that uh, they're not involved in any final day shenanigans are Greuther Fürth. Um, we're going to come on to the Group 3 games in a moment, but first uh, we'll hear from Danny, the Fürth fan, who uh, very kindly spoke to us yesterday and uh, gave his thoughts on what has gone so far, as well as uh, very kindly previewing the area around uh, the stadium, uh, the Sport Park Ronhof, and uh, letting you know where the best place for beer is on match day. And now we will begin with our new section in the podcast. You've been asking for it for quite a while. Your roundup of the Zweite Bundesliga grounds and the Zweite Bundesliga clubs featuring yourselves, the fans. We're going to start with a side who have had a very, very bright start to the campaign, and that is Greuther Fürth. Uh, I'd like to welcome Danny, the Fürth fan of the podcast. Danny, how are you? Uh, hello, good morning. Um, I'm fine. I've just uh, I've returned from English a few days ago, and I'm really delighted how the season goes. And yeah, you, um, I'm ready to start. That is all that we want to hear, Danny. It's as you said, it's been a very good start to the season. Um, obviously, I think a few fans were worried when uh, Sandhausen opened the scoring, and they thought, you know, it's Sandhausen, very good side defensively. But um, credit to Damir Boric, he brought on the three substitutes and uh, turned the game around, and then a very good point away at um, Ingolstadt as well. You couldn't really have hoped for much more out of the first two games, I guess. We could not, and uh, we have some issues, that's correct, and when Sandhausen opened up with that screamer against us in the first game, uh, I've heard the people around me, and I've heard myself saying that it's the same as last year, and we should prepare for a long, long season, and in English as well, when they've got these few chances, and hit the bar, and an open goal, we all said, Okay, this is going to end in a disaster, but we have to get credit to Burich making some tactical changes in both these games to stabilize it and to go a bit up. And especially in that Sathausen game, where we've got three offensive substitutes and scored three goals about a side that haven't conceded three last year about more than one time, I think. And this is really something that makes me feel good because last year we weren't able to make these changes. So I've got a feeling that in the um, preseason we had some really good work uh, regarding tactical stuff. And yeah, I'm delighted that we've got four points, which is f- uh, about four points more than we've got from the same time last season. So I'm really <laughs> delighted. Yeah, it's been a great start. And um I think the signings that uh, Damir Boric has made have uh, really strengthened the side. Daniel Keita-Ruel, of course, has started well. Two goals on his debut, one ruled out for offside in Ingolstadt. Um, how have you been? How impressed have you been by the likes of himself? And obviously, it was great for um, for the for Fort to to keep on Mario Maloka and uh, Julian Green as well. Um, I think the transfer work was pretty good this far end. Without doubt, uh, Keterua is an excellent signing. And even if this goal was called for offside, you've seen what his qualities are in the box about this goal in Ingolstadt. And of course, this goal is Sandhausen. And he's really, he's really, um, his work defensively, especially, is really great. Um, you've seen him running about 100 meters across the field to make a slight tackle in the defense last week in Ingolstadt. So this is a quality we've 
we also did not have last year and um, with the signing of Maloka for, for permanent deal and of course Green and Reze for more than more permanent deal is we've got some stability and we don't have to feel that, that these people are away after the season no matter where we're going and of course the new signing of Tobias Moore who's living up the uh, left wing now we've got some really good signings and I'm really looking forward to these uh, people developing more and of, of course Caterell to score more I think he really could score 10 in a season without doubt and uh, all we need is another people in the defensive backfield but so far I'm really happy about the transfers yeah, I, I think um, in general the business has been very good. Obviously the one big departure has been Khalid Narai. We've seen what he can do for highest foul already. But um, in general, I think you've coped fairly well. Um, given the transfer window, how well you've started, what are the aims for this season? Is it just to stay away from relegation and what is, as we both very well know, a very competitive league? Um, I think yes. Um, I think the first two but even if I personally don't like it, are given to Hamburg and Köln because their sides are something different. Um, even as I think Köln will be having it more easy than Hamburg. And the third spot, the playoff spot, should be given to uh, sides like Union or maybe even Kiel or St. Pauli that are even a bit better individually than we are now. And I think if you're going into a spot like 7, 8, 9, 10, I'm really happy because that means... We're not having to go to uh, some place in the last last day of the season and hope that uh, some sides don't score, that we're going down. And this is all I want. And I think we've got a side that really can achieve this. Yeah, it, uh, last season was uh, very, very uncomfortable right to the final day, of course. Um, but we did see the fans really rally behind the team in those final few weeks. Danny, talk us around uh, the sport park, Ronhof. Uh, what's it like as a stadium? What's it like on match day? Is there anything that uh, any visiting fans should expect when they go there? Um, I think it's a special stadium, and not in kind of it is as a special atmos- atmosphere, like it's loud as hell, or even if it's it's not that big, but it's special because um, it's the oldest still in-service stadium in the German professional football. It's from 1910, and we never moved from there. And it, you can, when you go to the stadium, you have some differences to when you go to, let's say, Ingolstadt or Regensburg or Duisburg. Then, because you're not going, or Duisburg, not that, but Regensburg, you don't go to anywhere near the uh, autobahn, and then you go out and have an industrial uh, service, and then you have just a little bit of concrete and that is the stadium but you have a stadium that is grown over the ages you can see the story it tells you you have the new main stand that's expression of how well the club does financially over the last years and you i think it's not that prettiest stadium you could say or the most modern one but i think it's one of those that really tell a story about how it was over the years and it also is in the middle of a suburban area of third. So when you're at a, a have a ticket for the home stands, you walk through houses and homes and then suddenly out of nothing, a stadium plops out. And 
on the match days, you can see the people in the gardens uh, with their foot things on going to the game just from their home. And uh, it's really great uh, experience to go there. And it's, I think, something you don't find that often in Germany with all these new stadiums being built anywhere. And that is why I think it's a special but not the prettiest ground in Zweite Bundesliga. I would be a um, big fan of the, the stadiums that are uh, built well into the, the city as well. And I think it adds just that little bit more uh, to the atmosphere on match days as well. Especially, as you say, when you walk through and uh, end up at the stadium and see all the, the flags and the shirts of the, the fans and the people around the stadium. I think um, it uh, it gives something that little bit more special and that little bit more real to the uh, to the entire experience. Is there any pubs or anything? Uh, I know a few of the ground hoppers uh, on Twitter have been asking. You know, if we do go to Furt, if we do go to X, Y, and Z grounds, um, is there anywhere for us to get a drink? Is there anything that we should be trying in these pubs? Um, do you have any recommendations? Um, I do, but uh, it's not that much in stadium area because. It's a suburb, and you don't put that much of a drinking pub in a suburb. But as Fürth is not that big of a city, you go to the, uh, you say, Rathaus uh, stations, and the city hall, and there is the Gustavstrasse. It's a very famous, so for Franconian people, famous uh, street of, lo- of pubs, and before match days especially. So sadly, the summer is ending about soon, but... When it's summer or spring, you see, you see the people in front, uh, kids and scarves, having a beer, chatting each other on the tables in front of these old houses, about more than 400 years old, parts of them. And there you surely can go to drink or have a, a schnitzel or some Franconian food. Um, in sort of pubs, it's really not that much. It's... Uh, there's one pub called, uh, I think, Ruine in the in about 100 meters of the stadium that is, I think, open on match days. But you don't have that much of pubs in the stadium area, I feel. But you, you just have to go to the uh, historical city, to the Rathaus, and there's a whole atmosphere of third fans cheering for their teams and preparing for match day or coming from the match and talking about the match. And I think that for groundhoppers, because uh, in third, we don't have this culture of groundhoppers should go away. You can find in some stadiums, but I think everybody is open for you to talk about third and the history of the club or the game. And I think if you want to go that third experience, you have to go to there after the game and before a game too. That sounds absolutely perfect, and I think um, after that, uh, Danny, you might have a, a few people asking you how and what the best way is to get there. Um, Danny, thank you very much. It's been wonderful having you on. Um, uh, if people are interested uh, how to find out more, more about Foot and more about yourself as well, um, is there anywhere they can find you on Twitter or any social media? Um, yes, you got me on Twitter at, at Almoravidia. I think uh, that is my account. It's in use now because Twitter has uh, disbanded my old one of age, uh, EU, uh, EU age regards, and it's a long story. But that is the main spot where you can find me and contact me. And, uh, of course, you can ask Johnny. He knows my handle. 
and yeah, you can just uh, ask the Sportfreunde Ronhof. <clears throat> they know everything about Fürth and the city and the club. If you want to have the experience, or just uh, go to the Facebook pages of Fürth, and I think someone would, could help you. So, if you want to know more about Fürth, you can contact us everywhere. I think. I thought that was a very interesting segment and it was great to hear from Danny there. Um, We'll have to get him back on at some point, uh, no doubt, and uh, maybe make him part of an episode. Um, It was great to hear uh, his point of view on all things Greta Furt. Talking about his beloved Shamrocks now, they picked up a 1-1 draw with Ingolstadt at the weekend. Matthew, uh, some... Questionable finishing, perhaps, is the best way to put it uh, from an Ingolstadt perspective. Yeah, it was grim. Very, very grim. And um, it probably speaks volumes as to why they were looking for another striker. Um, yeah, they, you know, out shooting a team by the margin that um, Ingolstadt did and only scoring one goal is a, is a real issue. And, you know, with the window, you know, still open, perhaps they may decide that they need another striker and, and, and move forward because that's not good enough. That's not good enough for a team that has ambitions of uh, being in the hunt for the top three. There was positives that uh, Thorsten Rocker or Thorsten Rocker uh, managed to grab his first goal of the season but um, and a good performance from Knala in goal but otherwise um, not the greatest day as you said. Uh, one goal from 27 shots doesn't represent a very promising conversion rate um i think that works out at less than four percent which is somewhat concerning if you are an ingolstadt fan um matthew do you think they need to go out and get another striker uh, do you think they could play with robert lightbutts up front maybe stefan kuchka uh they have options within the club um obviously osava is there as well uh, uh, it's hard to know what the right thing is to do but les cano just doesn't seem to be working no, he doesn't. I mean, it sounds strangely too much stays in, but yeah, I mean, uh, he has a he's really struggling to find uh, the target, let alone the back of the net. And um, yeah, I think maybe they might try something like um, like Stefan Kuchka as a have like that proper number nine in their um, in their system and 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 see how it goes. But I think they've got to try something different. And if not, maybe go to the transfer market. Um, show a bit of ambition, you know. Maybe poach someone from another Spider-League club, like a, a Simon Simon Tarotta, who's uh, rotting the bench in Cologne at the moment. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But they they clearly need to do something because uh, what they're doing at the moment is clearly not working. Um, I certainly hope that if Simon Tarotta does decide to leave Cologne, it is not in the direction of Ingolstadt and hopefully he is headed for Favafeld Bochum. Uh, someone on Transfermarkt actually has uh, started a rumour about that by the way so if that is uh, not true uh, thank you for getting my hopes unnecessarily high. Um, we must also say Ingolstadt did sign uh, Robin Kosa from Paderborn for half a million euros um, that's after injuries to Christian Tresch and uh, Almog Cohen, uh, not the greatest way for them to start the season as well. And, oh, uh, we must mention as well, just while we're recording, uh, Alban Ekdal has completed his move. Uh, it's finally official from Hamburg side uh, to Sampdoria. Uh, so he is out the door as well. The wonders of trying to record a podcast while everything else is going on. Uh, Matthew, uh, 
foot added uh, Sean Parker to the uh, squad yesterday and just speaking about things happening while recording um, Danny and I finished speaking and four seconds after I finished recording uh, Furt signed Sean Parker so if that doesn't sum up our luck in general I don't know what does but um, do you think he'll be a good addition to the squad um, how do you see him fitting in and in general a very strong start for Furt yeah I mean First on the Parker signing, he's probably more of a depth player. Um, back up to Kader Royal. I mean, someone who's probably had not hasn't had a lot of uh, high end minutes at a high quality level, probably um, with Augsburg. And I think he's been on loan with likes of um, Nuremberg and and Mainz. So um, yeah, I think he's just trying to kickstart his career. And I think Furt would be yeah very happy with the start. You get the win at home to Sandhausen, and then you get a draw in the Derby with Ingolstadt. Um, yeah, um, uh, Demir Beric has got it has got it going, and you know they they they've looked very good in their, their first two games, and um, optimism uh, for for the for the Shamrocks this season, and, and maybe they can avoid having to survive on the final match day. Yeah, um, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, and you'll never guess who uh, Sean Parker's only side of Bundesliga goal has came against. <laughs> it's Borkum in that. It is indeed, yes. Uh, but Bochum did win that game, so I will not complain. That was part of a very strange start to the season for Nuremberg. Um, from match day 3 to match day 10, they won 4 and lost 4. Um, all consecutive, so very uh, interesting throwback there. But um, from Furt and uh, talking about Nuremberg as a, in his vital Bundesliga sense, we will move on to uh, Holstein Kiel's 1-1 draw with Heidenheim. Of course, um the man of the moment, Lee Jae Sung, uh, once again uh, hit the headlines. He managed to get the equaliser after Robert Glatzel had opened the scoring. Um, a Dominic Schmidt error led to Heidenheim taking the league. Um, it's not what we really expect from him, but uh, great for Lee to get his first goal. And um, you know, he has three scorer points. Of course, he uh, got two assists in the opening game. Johannes Vandenberg was sent off for a second yellow just after half time, though, and. Uh, did quite well to hold on, Matthew. Yeah, they did. Um, they they made a bit of a switch. They had um, Honsack playing uh, a lot deeper as that left back, and um, yeah, I think I think Heidenheim actually were very impressive for their um, for the point they probably would have felt um, un- unfortunate not to get the winner and, and leave with three points. I thought they played quite well, and and uh, they they certainly looked a lot, they looked better in the first half when they were able to transition on the counter-attack uh, when, when Kiel sort of backed off and sort of parked the bus, it, it certainly made it a lot harder for Heidenheim to, to create space and, and create good opportunities. Yeah, it, um, I was watching this one, um, the highlights anyway, uh, just before the, the Köln game, and I would certainly agree with that. Um, great result for Kiel, though, in terms of uh, going behind... Um, Managing to level it up and uh, then playing for what was essentially 45 minutes with uh, 10 men. They did very, very well to hold off uh, the advances of Heidenheim. Both sides still unbeaten. Uh, Heidenheim with two draws. Kiel with a win and a uh, and a draw. Sorry, uh, not a loss. That would be a funny way to stay unbeaten. Um, Paderborn uh, against Jan Regensburg is our final game 
of the week. Um, a 2-0 win for them. Klaus Yasula uh, got his first goal of the season. And uh, same for Philip Clement. Um, Matthew, a good result for Paderborn. Their first win back in the division. And uh, just what they would have wanted at the Bentler Arena. Agreed. And, um, you know, obviously <clears throat> coming off, um, you know, the defeat in Darmstadt, um, you know, they they needed obviously a good performance and to, to beat a good side like like Regensburg a side that we we both highly rate, um, yeah very important for them and and it's and you know like many teams it's important to get the first one and to do it in front of your home fans and to do it the way they did um, was very positive and and I quite liked a couple of the players um, Tech Petty who's obviously signed from Schalke was very good and and I think um, we will see a lot of him this season and, and I thought Clement not only for his goal, but was, was quite um, industrious in midfield. And, and uh, yeah, they, they were very good. Um, you, you probably can't say the same about Regensburg. They were, they were, very, uh, they were very ordinary. Yeah, it um, didn't look like the, the Jan side that we're used to watching anyway. Uh, just one of those days at the office, I suppose. But um, that is increasingly uh, something that happens away from home rather than at the Continental Arena. They only won four times away from home last season, and Matthew, this wasn't a great way to go about starting the new year. Not at all, and um, you know they've obviously they obviously show that they can play at home, and I think if they generally think that they can stay up where they were last season, they're going to have to rectify their their away form, and um, you know it generally starts at the back, and you know making sure you're compact and tight, and um, yeah, I think the, the the two goals didn't really. Wouldn't have impressed at all. I mean, you know, concede off a corner, guaranteed it was a great header, and, and the second one was off, uh, you know, giving the ball away in a dangerous area, and uh, and Clement with a with an excellent finish. So yeah, plenty to work on away from home. At home, they're they're very they're very tough to beat. So yeah, uh, we'll see what Regensburg do in the next away game. And while this is the Zweite Bundesliga podcast, we do have to take a quick look at uh, the DFB Pokal fixtures. Um, uh, some old Zweite Bundesliga clashes in there, uh, not too many to report of though, but uh, it should be an interesting weekend nonetheless. Um, Magdeburg Darmstadt gets us started on Friday night before St. Pauli travel to uh, Van Wiesbaden uh, also on Friday night as well. Those two should be uh, good fixtures and uh, good value for money. Um, we also have Dynamo against uh, SV Rödinghausen. Uh, we've already mentioned Duisburg are going to have to make the trip up to Hamburg to face um, Dassendorf. Uh, Aue face Mainz, which um, will be a tricky one, but nevertheless it's not going to be an away trip that Mainz fans are looking for. Uh, for two, should I say. Um Sandhausen have a tricky enough trip to Rotweiss Oberhausen and um, given how Sandhausen have started that could be one uh, where there is an upset on the cards um, Erpnebrook uh, welcome Hamburg so that's going to be uh, a fun one for them uh, Armenia head to Stendal to face um, SDFC Lok Stendal uh, Köln will make a trip to Berlin uh, to face BFC Dynamo uh, most of the side of Bundesliga sides are playing on Sunday, actually, I've just realised. Um, Kimi Leipzig welcome Jan Regensburg. Um, Vika Flensburg will play host to VfL Bochum. Um, Jedlow uh, welcome Heidenheim. And um Jena face Union Berlin, which is uh, nice given it's the 50th anniversary of uh, the... Um, 
the cup competition that they met in uh, all those years ago. So uh, something nice there for the historians. Uh, Kiel play 1860, which uh, should be very, very fun. That should be a good watch. And uh, the final three Zweite Bundesliga sides in action are Paderborn and Ingolstadt. Those two play each other on Monday evening. And uh, the final game of uh, this set of DFB Pokal fixtures sees Grotefurt play host to Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Matthew, any fixtures there catch your eye? Uh, yeah, you pretty much hit the nail on the head with uh, 1860 Munich and, and Holstein Kiel and uh, Jena against uh, Union Berlin. I think those are the two that really caught my eyes. Um, really good fixtures and, and both um, the, sun, the late Sunday kickoff. So I think, yeah, they'll be... Um, Sorry, Monday kickoff game. So that I think they will both be um, <clears throat> really good fixtures, and um, yeah, it, it's always the cup always throws up some uh, some some um, oh, stuttering um, some some tough challenges, and um, yeah, we may see some upsets. I don't know where they're going to come from, but um, we shall wait and see. Yeah, I'm quite looking forward to the all divided Bundesliga clashes as well, and. Uh... From a personal perspective, of course, Bochum uh, make the trip up to Flensburg, which uh, should be an interesting one as well. Uh, Köln's game against uh, BFC Dynamo, uh, that will take place at the Olympiastadion um, due to um, athletics. So uh, there will be plenty of Köln fans making the trip to Berlin this weekend. Um, Otherwise... It should be a very enjoyable weekend of uh, cup football, so make sure to get the TV on and enjoy it. Uh, Matthew, it's time for the fan questions. Uh, we'll start with uh, Nicholas and Pena. Uh, St. Pauli have started this season well by winning the first two games. Do you think that there are possibilities to fight for promotion and uh, which key factors are needed for St. Pauli to finish in the top three? That's from HKI Nationalisti, if I could speak. We're both struggling uh, this morning. Uh, Matthew, I would say one of the key factors, at least, is uh, Christopher Buchmann. Yeah, agreed. Uh, we, we, we've touched on it on the podcast a few times how important he is and when he hasn't played, they've really struggled. And um, yeah, him and I think um, certainly the wide players... We, we saw how good Matt Smoller Daly and um, Ricard Neudecker were. And, and I think those guys will play a pivotal role. The, also, the other question is, is can Sami Alagui find the back of the net? Uh, that's, you know, he's obviously been entrusted to lead the line for the moment. And, um, you know, if they're, if they're a real threat, they're going to need him to at least score, you know, eight to ten goals to to, to make them a, a competitive chance of that top three or, or at least, a pro, you know, a playoff spot. And uh, from Nicholas's question, we move on to Vili Rajavra. Oh dear, I am having a nightmare today. Vili Rajavari. Um, I'll get there in the end. Um, his at is as his name is. Um, Asfal have been relegated for the first time uh, to Zweite Bundesliga in the club's history. Uh, will the year or years uh, in Zweite Bundesliga be enough to stabilise the club in general after the decade or so of inconsistency, uh, decadence and clueless acts as well? What do you guys think? Uh, Matthew, your thoughts on that one? Well, they're either going to be like uh, Kaiserslautern and they'll kind of plateau in the Schweizerliga and then it will become a real struggle or they'll go straight back up as we kind of expect them to so it's, it's going to be one of one of two real options I can I can see um, with Haaspel yeah I uh, think 
this uh, will do them good and I think eventually um, we're going to see at least giving these younger players a chance uh, eventually pay off for the club um, Lee at Lila Daisy J um, I finally managed to say someone's name right which is nice um, why do you guys think Urs Fisher keeps benching Felix Cruz especially after his game winning goal last week um, I think uh, he just prefers Pummel and Hartle at the moment. Um, that could change as the season goes on. I think um, Fisher will keep an eye on that as uh, things develop. And uh, when things suit, uh, I think Kroos will get the nod. I think uh, at the moment it's uh, just how he th- suits things. And I think Pummel offers a little bit more uh, in terms of mobility than Kroos. And uh, that's why he has opted for him. Um, Rob Parkinson at Bobby Parko uh, asks, um, can you see anyone challenging the big two of Köln and Haasfeld realistically this season for the top two, or will it all be wrapped up by Christmas? Uh, Matthew, um, we've spoken a little bit about this one. If you had to pick one side uh, to challenge for that uh, top two spot, who would it be? Uh, that isn't Köln or Haasfeld. probably be... I'm going to sit on the fence. I can't pick. It's too tight. Um, it's, yeah. I mean, neither neither team will wrap it up by Christmas. Uh, so it's not going to be like the Bundesliga where it's going to be over by then. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's it's going to be tight. Cohen and Haasfeld will be pushed. Um, but I'll probably lean towards uh, Cohen. That's um. the, the I would uh, agree with you there. Um, I think in terms of um, who can challenge those two, mm, I'm going to go for Arminia Bielefeld and um, probably end up being wrong and I should have sat in the fence. But anyway, uh, Niels at Niels um, set Ui, um, as in at Niels E-T-T-I-W, um, what do you think about the striker selection for Haasfall? Um Going for an old school poacher uh, like with Lasoga or a false nine with Hyro or Narai. Um, I think the way they play, they need Lasoga there because um, otherwise they don't have an out ball. And I think uh, against Sandhausen, he proved very, very effective in that sense. Um, Paul Bailey at uh, Paul Bailey Staffy on Twitter asks, um, I'm hopefully going to watch Dunamo Dresden in September. Any tips to fully enjoy the match day experience? Um, I've unfortunately never been to um, Dresden before. Um, I hope to do that soon, though. Uh, Matthew, you sadly haven't been either. But um, hopefully we can find a Dunamo fan to uh, answer that question. So um, if you are a Dunamo fan listening to this podcast, at Paul Bailey Staffy, S-T-A-F-Y, um, at the end there. Uh, let them know what the main things to do are in and around Dresden on match day. And last but not least, we have Florian Zenger, at Flo underscore Zenger. Who poisoned Marcel Schoen's tea, or was he just nervous because the great Johnny Walsh was watching him? Um, I would well imagine that someone poisoned his tea. Uh, I don't think anyone's nervous when I'm there. Although, uh, I have been told twice this week that I sound like a murderer. So, um, yeah, what more could you want, really? Um, the the typical Northern Irish voice is apparently very, very scary. So, there you go. Um, Andy also asks, is scoring goals with your helmet really a thing? It is now, thanks to uh, the wonderful Klaus Yazula. Um, if you want to hear me talk more about Zweite Bundesliga... Uh, 
you can check uh, that out on Bundesliga. Um, I was on with Joe Zinbar, the former Haas foul coach, um, amongst others, and um, you can have a listen to that. Um, Matthew, I'm going to gloss over the kick tip and the kicker manager because I had a pretty stinking week. Yeah, I had a good week in the uh, in the kicker, much better than it was last week, and um, yeah, and the kick tip's going really well, except for either of us who are languishing near the bottom, which is not great, but uh, work in progress. You, know, you can't predict the future, but yeah, uh, to all those who are participating, we really uh, we really enjoy it, and um, hopefully, have prizes for you guys um, later on in the season, so there's more incentive to get involved. As they say, slow and steady wins the race. And yes, we are doing our best to uh, try and organise some prizes for you too. So uh, keep an eye on our respective Twitters for that. That is all for this week. Um, If I said your name incorrectly, I am sorry. I am still very, very tired after coming back from Germany. And uh, I still don't quite know what day it is. It still feels like a Tuesday. So from Matthew and myself, um, goodbye. And uh, we'll see you next time at the usual time of uh, Tuesday around lunchtime. Uh, Until then, enjoy your day of being Pokal week of football. And we'll speak to you soon.